0: Welcome in everyone, and thank you for listening to the 127th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. Happy, happy Super Bowl Sunday uh, week, Kyle. Thank you. Wow,
1: we did. Wow, that was a new way to start off an episode. Yeah. Huh? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Cameron. It feels feels good to uh, have a team in the Super Bowl.
0: Twice in a row, um, twice in a row, twice in a row. You know how many times uh, teams have gone have gone back to what was it? <laughs> Not related to the Chiefs oh. is what it was. But do you know how many teams have rematched in the Super Bowl? Uh, how many uh, times that's happened?
1: Exactly eight.
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: Um, what's your take? Who's going to win this week? Who's going to win this week? Uh,
0: Chiefs are going to win. Um, Mahomes is going to be MVP he was MVP last year but stole it from uh Damian Williams <laughs> in my opinion
1: you guys are yeah <laughs> no. that was like your main takeaway from last year <laughs> kind of yes.
0: um they, they just had to give it to the quarterback
1: I agree I think they're gonna win uh and that's true you have to uh playing Tom Brady is a little bit scary even old man Brady's a little bit scary just because he's just kind of a, old, he's a like old wizard or something yeah. he he's just, wily yeah but uh I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. It's kind of cool also to, to uh, changing of the guard, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm sure producer Cameron loves that. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about the Chiefs' offensive line because they're just really having to reach into the depth. to. Uh, and Tampa's D-line is really good. So that could be a little terrifying, but uh, Mahomes usually finds a way to find a way.
0: I think the Chiefs are going to win 32. Two to twenty-eight. Ooh. Okay, that sounds like it could be a, like a Scorigami.
1: That sounds like a really good pick. I'll go right. I'll go with that as well.
0: Okay. Um, the Chiefs are wearing red. Is that right? Yes. They yep. won last year wearing red. That's correct. But Tom Brady's wearing white, which. He's won, no, 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 nothing to do with wins. The last like six Super Bowls he's been in, they've worn white, whatever team he's been on. So he's comfortable in white. No, in that's the Super not Bowl. good. I'm worried now. What do you think about it? they're getting to play in their own home stadium? That's yeah, that's wild. kind of unlucky. Yeah. Never happened before. Sleep in your own bed. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Didn't they? Well, the Chiefs in
1: Tampa paid, played earlier this year, and I believe it was in Tampa, and the Chiefs won. So, did they really? Yeah, they did. They sure wow. did. I was. I think that was the game that Tyreek Hill went for like. 200 yards receiving in
0: the first quarter or oh, something. Yeah, he was on pace for a thousand there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle, we've got a lot of Mizzou to talk about. Not just the Chiefs. Not everybody cares about the Chiefs. True. But if you care about the Chiefs, let us know in the YouTube comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate everybody over there. And don't forget, we have a new Patreon page. Check it out, patreon.com slash missourisportspod. That's where you can check out our different subscription support tiers to see the perks involved there's some cool stuff we've already got some exclusive content over there so check that out patreon.com missouri sports pod kyle i gotta we gotta continue with a couple uh topics that are near and dear to our hearts we talked about the super bowl but um do you see this news ea sports announced they're bringing college football video game back folks
1: that's fantastic news that's, that was like uh, that was to me the sign we are moving on from 2020. Uh, all things are right in the world now, and everything in front of us is good in the world.
0: Now, we're probably a couple years away from actually getting our hands on it, but uh, yeah, maybe two or three years. So yeah, maybe they, they were a little they, premature in announcing this, but you got to start building that hype. But they built it. Yeah, they built it in a hurry. I mean, I don't, if they didn't realize how many people would be excited about this, then. <coughs> they need to re-examine their uh they, they might be a little bit out of touch because yeah, they have
1: to know yeah i don't know what was taking i don't know why i don't know the, the behind the scenes of of what took so long for them mm-hmm. to resume this but i can't wait to win 25 national championships with missouri
0: oh yeah <laughs> i'm just so excited that is literally one of my all-time favorite games and I still use my PlayStation Three. Yeah, just to play that game. Exactly. So yeah, I can
1: I can stop playing uh, NCAA Football 2012 on my right. Xbox 360. Yeah,
0: that'd be nice. I hopefully uh, we'll get some nice uh, folks out there that will uh, update the rosters for us, so we can just hit that download button. Mm. Oh man, can't wait for that. Can't wait to create recruits and lose them to Alabama, just like real life. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, getting into the real news now, before we talk about uh, how well the basketball team's doing, there was another national signing day yesterday. And uh, not a whole lot of action. Pretty much everything happens in the uh, first signing day nowadays. But we actually got a signature for one B.J. Harris. So we made it official there. And I believe it was made official, the transfer of... Mookie Cooper he was included in Mm -hmm. the signing day festivities
1: yeah like you said pretty much everybody signed on the the first day uh we just we didn't get signatures from BJ Harris or Shamar Pearl uh Shamar Pearl I I can't remember if we really mentioned this much last week or not but he didn't qualify academically I guess and uh so he decommitted for Missouri and uh I'm not sure where he's going to end up but best of luck to him wherever he uh, ends up going next year and uh yeah BJ Harris um exciting prospect um from tennessee and th- he just seems like a really well-rounded back to me um i think when, when you think of larry roundtree and, and tyler Beatty, i feel like they have pretty distinctive qualities about them as as a running back where you know tyler Beatty's super fast and shifty he's kind of the pass catcher larry roundtree's kind of the ground and pound not quite as fast or shifty and but can can run over you and i feel like bj harris is kind of a beautiful combination of the two where he's just super well-rounded and he can burn you but he can run over you too and um i don't i should have written down the numbers his exact statistics in high school but his his statistics are crazy and i think in the in the state championship game he had like over 100 yards rushing and three touchdowns and so he knows how to get it done
0: would you rather be burned or run over run
1: over Uh, i would rather be burned for sure okay i've said that wrong obviously (laughs) i would not want to be run over that not only would that be humiliating but it would hurt really bad i'm sure and just i don't want that to happen to me
0: are you talking about like on the football field or Um, yeah i would 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 you rather be set on fire or or run run over by a car um going 30 miles an hour and so not, a, not
1: so fast am I going to die like both, no, both neither, times well, yes you're okay, going to die either I'd way probably rather just get run over just make it quick <laughs> okay
0: but on the football field you'd rather get burned
1: yeah gotcha well,
0: what about you uh, I agree <laughs> alright uh, leave a comment uh, on YouTube would you rather be burned or run over you ready to talk about basketball <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something
1: <laughs> yeah something a little more pleasant okay uh
0: Mizubi But barely TCU, Barely well, more pleasant ba- Barely more pleasant Hey, it's a, a win is a win Yeah Unless you're on Kimpom uh, It might as well be a loss Mizzou beat TCU In overtime 102-98 to 98. How, What do you think about that? Well
1: I had to watch this game On my phone With no sound uh, I didn't get a chance To go back and look at it I have watched You know Several highlight videos Of it and stuff And kind of watched the the end sequence and overtime and stuff but oh man this was quite the journey and kind of just at uh, the first half it was just it kind of felt like the mississippi state game a little bit where it was like okay they're just making everything and i'm you know missouri didn't play great defense but it kind of felt like okay tcu we're just gonna let them hit their shots and then they're gonna cool off eventually and they just kind of didn't they just never stopped consistently hitting shots from everywhere yeah
0: yeah, Missouri gave up 45 points in the first half. Um, it was kind of ugly, but it's it made you feel like, okay, TCU just played maybe their best half of the season. Surely that won't continue into the second half and everything will be fine. Um, and to some extent, they came down to earth a little bit, or I guess probably what happened is Missouri's offense just caught up a little bit. Um, they kind of just chipped away uh In the second half, they got it down to a four-point deficit a couple times, Uh, but TCU, they had a knack of just like they would force a turnover and immediately convert it into two points or a a trip to the free-throw line at the other end, Um, and they had a 12-point lead with under five minutes left, and Kempom had Missouri's chances to win that game at 3.9%, and I had it at negative 1 million percent.
1: Yeah, I think I remember you saying something like this thing's over.
0: Yeah. And
1: I 100% agreed with you. I And that was the the exact moment where when they got down by 12 with three
0: or four minutes to go and... And they didn't just go down 12. It was a turnover that led to a yes. bucket. And it was just like, okay. The momentum this, was
1: seemingly yeah. going away from them. Uh, that was a very frustrating moment. And... You know, if, if Missouri loses this game, it's what like a quad three loss potentially. Yeah, this is a really this is a really bad loss um, against a really not a very good TCU team, and I don't know. Although
0: TCU did look pretty good when they beat Oklahoma State. They did
1: beat Oklahoma State last night or whenever that was. Root for TCU. Yeah, bump them up to a quad two maybe yeah. if they keep winning. But uh, this is just uh, this just shouldn't have been a game that was that close. And uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. I could really tell if Missouri's defense was just playing awful or if TCU was just hitting everything, but uh, we I'm just so thankful that Missouri just happened to have one of those games where they were, they were scoring too um, to be able to just even remotely be in this game.
0: Yeah, so I, I want to focus on that last five minutes because it was so interesting and fun. Um, obviously, never should have been in a situation where you're down by 12 at home to TCU, but um, Missouri just kept feeding Tillman late, um, he kept getting fouled and he made just enough for of his free throws um, to keep Missouri in it. That was, if I'm TCU, then I would readily send him to the line over just letting him go to work down low. Um, and then they started getting some stops. They got a couple stops. Pinson made a late shot clock three, like kind of a step back off the dribble that he kind of had to make uh, for himself, and he got fouled. And so. He got a four-point play, and that cut the lead to four with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Um, they drew up a play for Mark Smith come off a screen, and he hit a, hit an open three. That was a welcome sight. But then this guy for TCU, freshman guard Mike Miles, he answered with just a what I thought was a dagger of a step-back three on the other end. He was so good. And obviously we don't know a whole lot about TCU going into this just because they're in the big 12, but I got to think based on that performance, I I haven't really looked at if that's an outlier for the whole season, but he looked every bit the part of a guy who's going to be trouble in the big 12 for four seasons.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Couldn't stop him, save our lives. Um, Yeah. I think in that little timeout, whenever Mizzou was down 12, um, right before they sparked that run, I don't know they like sent Xavier Penton up to heaven and to speak with God himself on like how to master the game of basketball, because he just he was, figured it out. Yeah. He just flipped the switch and was so intense and just, I don't know. He was just a killer in the last five minutes, just did everything he needed to do to, I mean, it's just like a miracle had to occur for all of these things to perfectly line up to get Missouri, even a chance to get this game to overtime was a miracle.
0: Yeah, uh, that freshman guard, Mike Miles for TCU, he ended up with 28 points on 12 of 20 shooting, as well as five rebounds and five assists. Um, Tillman got a basket. We got a stop on defense. Then Penson hit another three to make it a one-point game with 25 seconds left. And that was the stretch where it was just like a whirlwind. And like you said, Penson was playing out of his mind. And Missouri was getting stops all of a sudden. And it was like the anti- um west virginia game from <laughs> from a few years, three ago. years ago yeah you know and all the other games like it that have happened the florida game the even mississippi state from this year mm-hmm. it, and missouri had a big comeback last season against georgia yeah. um it seems like missouri's been on the bad end you know like three times as many games mm-hmm. uh, than the good end but this one was a good one obviously um Missouri fouled TCU. They made both free throws. Missouri ran an elevator screen for Drew Smith, which I thought was interesting. That's the screen where the two guys kind of just come together mm-hmm. as the offensive player runs through, like elevator doors closing. And but he missed the three. I thought it was interesting that they drew up that play for him. Uh, I like it. I mean, I if I'd be okay with him or Mark Smith or Penson uh, getting a play designed for them to take a three to try to tie it. Uh, but he missed. And uh, Kobe Brown got a clutch offensive rebound, kicked it back out to Penson, and he hit the game-tying three with 3.9 seconds left. And they did it. They came yeah. all the way back to force overtime.
1: Yeah, I, so many people deserve credit, I guess, And at, the, at least at the end of this game. Obviously, uh, Kobe Brown, never going to probably be scoring 20-plus points a game or anything, but was just almost kind of the unsung hero in this game by some of just the i don't know some of the gritty plays he made and just the some of the offensive rebounds he had to give missouri more chances and uh play great on defense and i don't know it you just i gotta love kobe brown and the effort he brings every game and uh, missouri just has a few of those glue guys where they just know their role on the team and they'll just do anything they can to make sure they're helping out anyway and Kind of, they probably maybe know their limits a little bit at least at this point in their career and uh, like Javon Pickett and, and Kobe Brown or, or, and Mitchell Smith like all of those guys just kind of fill a very specific role and do it well as long as Mitchell Smith's not throwing up too many threes then
0: yeah we'll get to that they're in line for the most part and they they really add a lot. Uh, overtime wasn't a cakewalk um, it should have been Missouri missed a lot of free throws in overtime it seemed like um, Kobe Brown missed two; that either one of them would have made it a four-point game and put it away. Uh, Drew Smith missed a um, free throw. Tillman had a couple misses in overtime, I think. But uh, and TCU had three different one-point leads in overtime. I think so.
1: They had a couple guys
0: fall out. Yeah, but uh, Penson hit a corner three that was just beautiful. I mean, he you, he doesn't get that many catch and shoot threes, especially in the corner. It just seems like he's he's usually you know out front making plays but mm-hmm. he drained it um and kobe brown had another uh, clutch offensive rebound off his own missed free throw yep. that kept the game alive it was it was a heck of a win but as fun as it was missouri was supposed supposed to win yeah. by you know five to the Eight points. Yeah. Now, if
1: we would have had that game versus you know Alabama this upcoming weekend or something, now that would be so much fun. Right. um, Going to overtime and winning a thriller like that, but yeah, considering we're playing a quadrant three opponent at home, uh, that's that was pretty disappointing. But I was just happy to uh, to get the win and get out of there. But um, that was I was definitely feeling pretty low.
0: Yeah. Everything changes when you're down twelve and then you come back and win. It's like okay, I don't. I don't care anymore that we were down 12. We, we pulled out the win. Um, according to ESPN Stats and Info, Xavier Pinson and Jeremiah Tillman are the only SEC duo in the last 25 years. Sorry, only the second duo in SEC basketball in the last 25 years to both put up 30 points in the same game, a.k.a. play a little 30 ball. Um, Obviously, it took overtime to get there, but uh, just huge numbers from both of them. Yeah. Tillman, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks. Pinson, 36 points, 4 assists, just 2 turnovers. He made 8 3-pointers, too. 8 for 13. Which is it
1: really hasn't been his strong point in his career. I mean, really, even this year, I feel like he'll have a game every once in a while, where, like it was Tennessee a few weeks ago where he hit a lot of 3s, but I don't know. That's
0: he, like a top... Two or three three-point shooting game of anybody on the roster. Yeah. Kobe Brown with 13 rebounds. Wow. Several of them incredibly clutch, especially after the missed free throw.
1: Yeah, that was a big one.
0: And the, the offensive rebound kicked back out to Penson to tie the game. I mean, there was a play right around there where um, Mark Smith got the ball in the corner, and pump faked, and drove baseline. And I thought the game was over at that <laughs> point. I thought he was going to get it stolen or just step out of bounds or dribble it off his foot or something. But I was terrified. That's reasonable to When, when he that. was dribbling under the basket, trying to find someone to kick it back out to, it ended well, but th- in that moment, I was like, well, it's over. There were several times there during the comeback where I thought we were going to fall short. Well,
1: you, you, yeah, you made it close, but yeah. Why? Why does I mean? What's going on with these games where Mizzou is? I mean, needs a miracle to win it, like against teams they should be beating. Obviously, they did it against Bradley, TCU. Uh, I feel like they did it against somebody else too, where they're just like should be beating these teams handily and don't. And then, not only that, but they're like down big at the end and need need to just assemble an insane comeback to to win it. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm happy that they're doing that they, de- they haven't always done that oh no but it just is like why, why, why does it have to be like this yeah
0: i mean i think we're just not used to watching a winning team yes and occasionally a good team is going to get down and have to pull one out and so we're seeing that whereas in previous seasons maybe we would be accustomed to them obviously being on the other side of a run like that or just not having enough to get back into a game when they are losing like that, um, but it's I'm glad you brought up the Bradley game because you know there's just a, they're just a couple plays, a couple whistles away from obviously losing both of those games and be sitting at ten and five on the season, but then they're also just a couple whistles and plays away from beating holding on against mississippi state and beating auburn and then you're looking at a team that's 14 and 1 so there's just uh, not a lot of um wiggle room there for missouri from being 10 and 5 versus um 14 and 1
1: who did you say the close wins were against
0: uh bradley and tcu
1: Okay, close losses, I mean? Uh,
0: Mississippi State and Auburn. Okay. I mean, it took a crazy comeback from Mississippi State where they just couldn't miss in the second half. And then Auburn, you know, if the whistles are just a little bit friendlier, yeah, then I think Missouri pulls that one out. So there's, there's you know, a five-game swing there. And I think we should be happy that Missouri ha- got the Bradley game and the TCU game to go their way. I'll take as many of those close wins as you want to give me. It's all luck, dude. (laughs) Uh, Just rounding out the stats here from Missouri, they shot 63% from two, 48% from three, 11 for 23. Uh, But just 60% from the free throw line. And they only turned the ball over 11 times or just 14% of their possessions, which is a trend that, I mean, it's legitimately a trend now. that Missouri has not been turning the ball over very much. We'll see if that continues against Alabama. And they out-rebounded TCU by five. We talked about Mike Miles. This was, um, according to the analytics, Missouri's worst defensive game of the season. I
1: checked Mike Miles' performance from last night against Oklahoma State, and uh, he scored 17, I think is what it said. So,
0: apparently... He's decent. That's a good enough sample size for me. He's good. (laughs) Big Big 12 player of the year coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, I think they gave up like 1.27 points per possession against TCU, which is uh, the highest. Yeah, it's the highest for any game this season uh, for Missouri's defense. They actually dropped two spots in Kempom, probably for that exact reason, uh, from 35th to 37th overall and for the first time i think maybe since very early in the season their offensive efficiency surpassed their defensive efficiency so if i look it's at it like right now
1: significantly higher than that now i think or not significantly but probably 10 or 15 spots
0: yeah uh 32nd on offense 44th on defense hmm. oh so i don't know exactly what to make of that um you i mean if their three-point shooting was just a little bit better than then that offensive number would just be destroying the defensive side.
1: Right. SEC won the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge.
0: Yeah. Uh, except
1: Kentucky and Texas had to cancel their game. So t- SEC won 5-4. to four. If Kentucky and Texas play, it's, it's getting a 5-5 split. Yes. So SEC, I guess, is fortunate that game didn't get played because Kentucky was going to get destroyed by Texas, I'm sure.
0: I was going to maybe mention this after the Kentucky game, but since you brought up the SEC Big 12 Challenge, I have a question for you, Kyle. Okay. Unless you have anything else to say specifically about the TCU game. Great win. Great that they won. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Happy to see him win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not a great win. Yeah, not a great performance. Root for TCU. Hopefully that becomes a little bit better. Great resolve. Yes. Yeah. Is the SEC as a conference – bad at basketball that's the question i'm posing to you right now i feel like i ask myself this every year um
1: it's kind of weird because i feel like the rest of college basketball is bad (laughs) this year i I genuinely like the acc is terrible
0: it's like um gonzaga and baylor yeah and then everyone else can beat everyone else
1: yeah if the okay well i'll get back to your question in a second but if the ncaa tournament started today are you taking gonzaga and baylor are you taking the field
0: Oh Gonzaga Baylor! Oh me too. Yeah. I I feel like I would bet actual money on that. Statistically,
1: <laughs> I, I think I've heard it's like a 50-50 split right now, uh, but I would be very confident if in Baylor or Gonzaga winning the yeah. tournament. I'll get back to your question. Um, <laughs> in a normal year, I think I'd say the SEC yes is is bad or it's not great, but this year I think they could get. I don't know. How many teams do you think they'll get in the tournament? Five or six? Well, I I just think um, they don't really have a dominant team. Like, Alabama is good. But when you put Alabama up against the best in college basketball, I'm not sure that they can stand tall against some of those teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll dive deeper into Alabama in a minute. But they did lose to Oklahoma in the Big 12 uh, SEC Challenge. And Oklahoma, was it without a starter or two, potentially? Um, Alabama's a lock for the tournament missouri's a lock for the tournament that's right i'm saying it uh i think arkansas tennessee florida Florida, lsu six teams i think lsu might be
1: more in than arkansas right now i don't know arkansas is 14 and 5 i think yeah I don't know. It's I, just, I have a lot of like mediocre teams that could beat you, could, that could
0: beat a lot of teams. Well, the thing about it is those teams are getting upset in conference play when they shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's – a lot of times when you're just like plugging in wins and losses, if you're like trying to project out the records, you'll end up with teams that are, have like two losses and teams that have two wins, and that's just unrealistic. But that's kind of happening this season with – alabama and vanderbilt Mm -hmm. like vanderbilt has one conference win and they are going to be lucky to get another one
1: (laughs) right and outside of the missouri game
0: obviously we kind of just need alabama to keep doing that yeah for
1: because i don't think missouri is going to catch them i mean it's possible but i think if i'm being irrational i would just like alabama to run away with it and beat some of those middling teams that missouri is fighting for and for the sea line in the sec tournament and you know florida looked amazing against west virginia they go on the road beat west virginia and they kind of led wire to wire in that game and then they
0: tennessee beat- come
1: home and they lose to south carolina
0: yeah <laughs> yeah south carolina is not good i don't think um tennessee beat uh somebody they destroyed kansas by like 20 points And then they turn around and lose to Ole Miss. Yeah.
1: Maybe just the bottom of the SEC is just amazing.
0: Well, (laughs) uh, Ken Palm has the SEC as the third best league in the country, but neck and neck with the ACC. I I would say, hmm, I feel like they're better than the ACC this year. Yeah. And then the Big 12 is a noticeable jump above, even though SEC Big 12 challenge went the SEC's way. And then the Big Ten is a noticeable step above the Big 12. I can't bring myself to say that the SEC is bad. Um, The SEC still is full of incredible coaches, I think, and incredible talents. Like we didn't get to see yet um, Cam Thomas at LSU. He's the type of player that in an NCAA tournament setting can win you three games. And just like that, you you know, next thing you know, you're in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight as LSU. Um, And when you look back at, and and Sharif Cooper, like if Auburn wins enough to get into the NCAA tournament, I want no part of a Sharif Cooper-led team in a one-game elimination tournament. If you look back at previous seasons of SEC basketball. I mean, last year Kim Palm had them as the sixth best conference. Year before that, fourth. Year before that, fourth. And you know, even though some of those seasons they had seven or eight uh, tournament teams, I don't know. Last year, they were Kim Palm was projecting that they would only that the SEC would only have four teams: Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, and Florida. Obviously, we'll never never know exactly uh, what would have happened. But
1: I was over here thinking, like, and how many did they get? And yeah.
0: <laughs> I, oh. The world will never know. Yeah. Um, if I'm answering plainly, no, the SEC is not bad at basketball. I think they just don't have. They may only have one great team, and and it's a surprise to I think any SEC basketball fan that that team is not tennessee yeah i still think it's possible that tennessee figures something out and finishes the year strong and is one of the top teams that people are talking about in the tournament at the end of the season
1: yeah i'm glad we got our game against their our two games against them out of the way because they certainly could get hot at any moment if they can figure out how to score a little bit more on the offensive end but Yeah, I I really, uh, I don't know. I I think they could get six teams in for sure, and then I think there's definitely kind of a tier
0: break after those top five or six teams. Auburn will be kind of a wild card. Yeah. If they can string enough wins together, and we're dealing with just people in the tournament selection committee, Mm -hmm. how will they look at Auburn before Sharif Cooper? Exactly. Because it's just two completely different It's a gray area for sure. Are we on the same page?
1: I think we're on the same page.
0: Classic. Uh, Mizupi, Kentucky. For the second time ever in program history. Was it really only the second time? I think so. Uh, the only reason I said that is because the f- the first time was Konzo's first season. Yeah. So uh, they haven't beat him since then. Sounds so right to me. At One plus one is two, I think. Yes. Unless I'm missing a third one in there somewhere. Uh, 75 to 70. Drew Smith. 26 points, seven rebounds, five assists, just one turnover. Just like, I almost said like vintage Drew Smith game, but even then, we don't typically get 26 points out of him. No. Um, Especially in a low-scoring game like this, like he, (laughs) there was no overtime period to uh, boost his point total. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say this game honestly went
1: pretty similar to how we expected it to go, how we previewed it, and how we predicted the score. It was a little bit higher scoring than we predicted, but uh can and i would say kentucky shot the ball maybe a little bit better than i was expecting yeah. which was a little bit frustrating that they were, they made m- more threes than i was thinking they
0: would well they had the dude uh mints yeah who was four for nine from yeah. three uh, missouri got their shot blocked a lot we predicted that <laughs> yeah uh, i think isaiah jackson had five blocks Probably. all on on his own all against mark smith Oh and Kobe Brown at the th- th- three-point line.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. I, Kobe Brown. I don't. Is his shot motion always that slow, no. or did he just that, decide to really take his time? Well, on that I shot? think he
0: uh, underestimated the closing speed and probably a little bit the length. That yeah. combination of oh. Jackson.
1: That, I mean, that's one thing that obviously translates is that length and athleticism and like man you got to get a shot up quick yep. playing against kentucky because they will just swat it out of the gym if they have a
0: chance to and they affected uh, maybe penson the worst he was three for 11 from two in this game and he had a lot of shots altered at the rim mm-hmm. and kentucky's good at that i mean they have the length and the speed to cover ground on the defensive end and alter shots and they definitely did that in this game
1: Yeah, especially early on in this game, it felt like Kentucky was really um, engaged defensively, and just their length was just really clogging up the passing lanes. And like Tillman couldn't really get anything going, and like they were just at one point just kind of passing around the perimeter, kind of almost like, all right, what do we do here? Like, how do we decipher this this puzzle, and how do we get it inside? Because Kentucky was just
0: really everywhere. Yeah, Missouri shot just thirty eight percent on two pointers. Uh, luckily they shot well from three forty three percent. So and we saw I mean Kentucky made their nice little comeback in the second half when Missouri's offense just went ice cold. Uh, Missouri couldn't make a shot from deep for a little while, partly because the wrong people were taking threes. but um, if Missouri doesn't get the three point shooting that they got from drew X and Mark Smith, I mean, There's been a handful of games this season where literally the entire roster is cold from three, and if they had one of those games against Kentucky, it would have easily been a loss Mm -hmm. because they had to kind of pick it back up offensively in the last 10 minutes of this game Um, because they're at the start of the second half, Kentucky kind of um, enforced their will a little bit. I mean, they just really made it hard for Missouri to score, and Missouri decided to just settle from long range and started missing them.
1: Yeah, and still scored 75 points. So, still found a way to put points up even though they ran into some resistance early on for sure, but yeah, yeah, I was really I was excited to see Drew Smith kind of explode because I I don't know. I think he's I think he still had a really strong season. He's had a little bit more up and down performances than he did last year. And honestly, I think a lot of it may just be because he's kind of almost saying Xavier Pinson take it away. Yeah. And Tillman take it away. And I was almost ready to just say you know, maybe last week or two weeks ago that Drew Smith isn't really the star of this team anymore. You know, like I felt like he was last year and he's kind of a role player to kind of put the ball in the tee for Xavier Pinson mm-hmm. and Jeremiah Tillman to do their thing. And maybe you could still make that argument a little bit, but last night he was truly the star yeah. and he was the heart and soul of the performance. And it's just exciting that you can get that from three different guys on the roster and I don't know, uh, Xavier Pinson and, and Jeremiah Tillman, Drew Smith, any of those three guys can just explode mm-hmm. on a night. And usually one of them do. do. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that's if, if those guys aren't going off, then we don't have a shot, right. <laughs> no matter who we're playing.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, when you look at three-point shooting in this game, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, and Xavier Pinson, they combined for seven for 11 from three. Kobe Brown, Mitchell Smith, and Drew Bugs were a combined one for nine. Uh, and also Parker Brown had uh, his one for one performance. So if you just distribute five of those nine threes from, uh, Kobe, Mitch, and Drew Bugs over to Drew Smith X and Mark, maybe you're looking at two more makes just one out of those five or just don't take those five extra threes at all
1: that's what twitter would say that's for sure
0: that's what people who like to watch good basketball would say (laughs) i
1: think mitch has got the uh, he's got that uh that laser shot where it's like did that clear the rim
0: well it's it's the release you know he's pretty tall and got long arms where he's releasing the ball is like pretty high up there yeah so it doesn't need to travel too much further up Um, I want to give a shout out to Tom Orf on Twitter. Mm. He pointed out that this is the first time for Missouri that drew Mark and X have all made at least two threes in the same game. We'll take it yeah uh, more of that please let, yeah. let, let that not be the last time.
1: yeah let the, please give us more consistency from from three point uh, land. Yeah.
0: but it, it just is so reassuring. That when a good defensive team in Kentucky, at least uh, interior defense, causes Missouri to struggle a little bit. Yeah, uh, that they can put some shots in from outside. Well,
1: I mean, Kentucky probably doesn't have the offense to really make this happen, but you know, it was almost had the potential to mirror that first game against Tennessee a little bit, where if we can't get the ball inside. We're gonna to have to start shooting threes, and that's what happened against Tennessee. And we scored like 50 points in that game because they're like, well, they're taking away the two point shot. We're gonna to have to start making threes. Couldn't do that. Yeah. And against Kentucky, well, they're kind of taking away the two point shot right now. Got to start making threes, and they did. So obviously, that was the huge difference between those two games. And um, I don't know. It it could have been a lot. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. Um, the first half felt like a dream against Kentucky just everything was working for the most part um even with some defensive resistance but that the beginning of the second half i was like here we go because kentucky was it was getting hot there yeah. they definitely i think they came back and tied it or something didn't they from like a 13 point deficit
0: uh or maybe they maybe it was close but not tied it was very very close i think they at least made it like a one point game i think it was at one, one point one. in the second half one point one point um kyle would it be an exaggeration to say that maybe this kentucky team is a little bit undisciplined or would that be a bridge too far i'm trying to figure out what
1: i don't know because i was thinking about that and i think it's easy to just think like well the, all these kids are top recruits and maybe they're just a bunch of undisciplined kids and they don't they're not coachable and i think that's push the, back on that i th-
0: huh. push back on that argument
1: i think it's easy to want to go there because that's what i do sometimes when i when you know these top recruits aren't are, are struggling or, or whatever whoever team it might may be, mm-hmm. but I feel like a good indicator of their buy-in is how they play defense. And I feel like this team plays good defense. They they look like they want it. They they move their feet. They block shots. Um, I just think they really can't shoot. They they don't. And maybe they just don't have chemistry together. I don't know. There, it doesn't really seem to be a leader on the team. Uh, I don't think they have. They they don't have very good guard play. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm not sure that it's not, I, I don't think it's because they're not trying.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. The guard play is interesting with them because you kind of see these, it almost looks like they have forwards, you know, they've got these kind of like tall yeah, guards, like six, that, seven guards. Yeah. That have enough ball skills to obviously be serviceable. And uh, if Mints is going to be making threes like he was, then they'll be okay. Oh, uh, some of the time but uh yeah it's like they're missing just i think either just a knockdown three-point shooter or a true like floor general distributor um would would solve a lot of their problems either one of those i agree and they're used to having both
1: (laughs) yeah well i I also think a sign of a good coach is we we know john calipari is pretty good coach Mm -hmm. uh whenever teams come back out of halftime and you can see that they've they've they visibly have made adjustments and are playing better obviously i think that's a telltale sign of a coach that knows exactly what needs to be done to improve the performance has analyzed the other team's first half and says this is how we're going to
0: change the course and that definitely happened um yeah kentucky clamped down in the paint yeah the start of the second half for sure yeah but
1: I agree. I, I think that they really need a floor general. It just kind of seems like they just all. I, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. seem to be a lot of direction or uh, on offense.
0: Yeah. Well, after the win, Mizzou after two wins, Mizzou is now twelve and three overall, five and three in the SEC. They are alone. Correct me if I'm wrong. In second place. Yep. Uh, part of that's because they have played two fewer games than uh, some other teams. Not saying they they would have lost both of those, but if they had, if they split those two, then they'd be tied. Yeah, with they've like got fewer three losses. other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're 34th in Ken Palm now. 32nd on offense, 44th on defense. They're ninth in the SEC in offense, third on defense. I want to emphasize that third on defense because previous Conzo Martin teams have had a good defensive efficiency rating going into conference play. And then next thing you know, a month into play, they're sixth or seventh in the conference and defense when you thought that was going to be a strength. So I'm very happy to see uh, the defensive rating holding strong. And obviously the TCU game doesn't factor into uh, their conference rating. So that helps quite a bit. Yeah. And now we have the biggest game of the season at home against Alabama, Alabama, uh, you may have heard of them. They are usually good at football. This year, it's unfair. It's they, fun year to be a Bama fan. They most most of them are. <laughs> uh, this year, you get to be good at football and basketball. They are fifteen and four overall, ten and zero in conference. They did uh, lose their winning streak to Oklahoma last Saturday. They are seventh in Ken twenty fourth on offense, third in defense, and believe it or not. They're first in the SEC in offensive efficiency and first in the SEC in defensive efficiency. They are also the ninth fastest tempo team in the country per Ken Pomeroy. They're good. Little Kenneth. Nate Oates is a good coach. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm ready for him to begin his very successful career in the NBA. Yeah. Like tomorrow.
1: I'm ready for like Roy Williams to retire or something, and Nate Oates just yeah. take the next step up or something.
0: Yeah, what we need? What do we need? Like, we need Nate Oates to take the Michigan State job. Like, he's from Detroit, I think. So is he? yeah, he co- or Nate the Michigan. Now, Michigan's good. Yeah, they got Juwan Howard, kind of new. Uh, I think Tom Izzo is on the way out Probably. at some point, right? Surely. Nate Oates, I don't know if we've talked about this before, probably a lot of our listeners already put it together, but he coached one Wes Clark, Clark in high school at Romulus High School in Detroit and then also at Buffalo when West Clark transferred from Missouri. And Buffalo was really good that year. Uh, they were like a
1: 13 seed in the, S- in, the, uh, in the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament, and I believe they knocked off four seeded Kentucky. I think it was Kentucky. Was it? In the first round. Yeah, I, they might have actually won. I had won. Arizona in my head. Could have been. But it's four seed somebody that they that yeah. they beat. And I think maybe Kentucky also lost in the first round. Maybe that's why I'm getting
0: it confused. It but may have been Kentucky. That was a while
1: ago, but um, Wes Clark led uh, Buffalo and Nate Oates. They were just.
0: Nate Oates has had good teams everywhere he's been, including high school. He is just. There's no other way to put it. He's an excellent excellent basketball coach uh
1: did you hear him in this press conference earlier this year whenever he basically i don't know if he would call it calling someone out but he basically just alluded to coach k at duke uh not wanting to play the season because duke's just not very good like coach k probably probably knew even before the season started my team's not that great uh this year so maybe we shouldn't play due to covid
0: <laughs> and yeah. nate oats called him out yeah in a press conference and he basically said uh, would would you be saying this if his team was undefeated there you go yeah. exactly uh i don't want to rub it in but it was arizona four seed arizona yeah after you said that i was like yeah i'm pretty sure it was but uh was kentucky a five seed that lost to a 12 seed that year you're really pushing my limits of mid-episode research i'm abilities. sorry well, we do have a research department don't we <laughs> yeah what's he doing <laughs> uh it would take too long to get him caught up on what we need research <laughs> now uh 2018 NCAA tournament. Can you figure out what Kentucky did in the 2018 NCAA tournament? I'd be
1: willing to bet they were a five seed that lost in the first round. But actually, I can't remember who actually, they lost I, to.
0: I have an easy way to figure it out. I'll just look on Ken Palm. They they beat Buffalo after Buffalo beat Arizona. Kentucky did. Yes.
1: What? Okay. Well.
0: Then uh, Kentucky lost to Kansas State. You know, sometimes you I knew there is like, a connection there. I there, did, but like. Happening.
1: It's so funny how the how the mind works, the the memory works. Where I'm just convinced, like like if you wouldn't have been here to like tell me the facts, I would have just been the rest of my life. I've been like, yeah, Kentucky was a four seed that lost to Buffalo, And yeah. like completely wrong, and I just never would have.
0: People get no, I I would have pe- never been challenged. Yeah, some people call those alternative facts. They get those alternative facts in their head, and they don't have anybody to challenge them on them. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm here for you, Kyle. I hope that you would do the same just, for
1: me. Yeah, just keep me grounded. Oh yeah,
0: that's what we're about here. Uh, what are we talking about Alabama NATO a good coach they are missing maybe they're one of their better uh, forwards um, Jordan Bruner transferred from Yale he had started all 13 games prior to going down with a knee injury um, they replace him with a guy named Alex Reese he's not really a traditional post player he will try to stretch the floor a little bit he's athletic shoot some threes put the ball on the floor so maybe look for them to try to move jeremiah toman around get him out of the paint free up some driving lanes but alabama's not really looking to drive yeah, the they, ball all that much to drive. they're they're looking to drive just to kick it out to an open three-pointer shooter yeah um obviously we know about um john petty um i'm kind of shocked that he has been at Alabama for four seasons, even considering they had a coaching change and he could have maybe gone to the NBA early at some point. Um, But he is just kind of a solid, like very high floor offensive contributor for them. Um, He is in a little bit of a shooting slump right now. Uh, His three point shooting has dipped a little bit, but they have enough shooters on the team that it doesn't matter too much. And I mean, He's the type of guy that it's not shocking if he shoots 10 threes in a game. And it's also not shocking if he makes four or five or six threes in a game. Uh, So I don't know. Lately, he's been a little bit off. Um, They also have a guard, Javon Quinterly. Um, He originally went to Villanova, then transferred to Alabama. Was he the guy that? It was like a five star recruit coming out of high school and then just barely played at Villanova yeah. at all. Yeah.
1: And transferred. Yeah.
0: And it was kind of like a weird situation. Yeah. Nobody really understood why he wasn't getting any playing time. Yeah. well, But he's been just fine at Alabama this year. Um, they've got a really good forward in Herbert Jones, who is um, really efficient scoring. I think he will challenge Missouri's post players uh, defensively. I believe at
1: one point. He was like the Kim Pom player of the year in the SEC, maybe like a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> I believe he, he's still, is in, he still-
0: uh, in the top. Yeah, he's still number one on the list. Yeah, he's still in the top five there. Xavier Pence, number three on there you that go. all-SEC team, according to Kim Pom. Um, we should figure out some kind of like affiliate deal with Kim Pom, where if people subscribe, we get a little kickback because we cite him like <laughs> 20 times an episode. <laughs> It's good. It's good research. What can I say? Um, Kyle, how does how does Missouri beat Alabama? Is there do, do Missouri or Alabama has to just be a little bit off shooting from three? Yeah, I
1: mean, it se- it seems like kind of lazy to just be like, well, they need to miss shots. Well, that's really. Honestly, like what needs to happen in this game against Alabama? They're so dangerous from three. They shoot a ton of them. I feel like they could just get hot and they can make three or four in a row, and it's just devastating. Like whenever they go on a run like that, um, offensively, I just I feel like Missouri just needs to stick to the blueprint. Get the ball inside Tillman. Like nobody's stopping Tillman right now. Uh, I mean, last night I can remember a play specifically where there was like three
0: people guarding tillman and he just yeah. like still lays it up anyway yeah like through been the one where it almost seemed like he kind of like misplayed it a little bit and just like there was nowhere for him to go but he still just made the shot
1: yeah yeah i mean i'd love to see a uh another kind of pinson and tillman tandem game where they're they just seem to work together so well when pinson gets in the lane um he kind of like reminded me a little bit of uh Sharif Cooper a little bit where they just get in the lane and they are just I have the vision to look around mm-hmm. and see what their options are so well and um, just that connection between those two is so great and I don't know I think that I think that's the game plan um, you, I don't know that you ever turn to three point shooting first against anybody if you're Missouri no but test the water see see what the interior scoring how, how's that going for you and if it's not working then maybe find something else but I think that's always always the first thing you go to.
0: Um, I'm looking at a a common opponent here. Um, Alabama just played Kentucky on January 26th. And in that game, they held Kentucky to 33% shooting on two-pointers. So um, that's not great for Missouri's chances. Uh, Kentucky shot okay from three, though, 43% on 14 attempts. Um, Alabama shot... 11 more free throws than Kentucky in that game and they turned Kentucky over 17 times so they made Kentucky's offense look a little bit worse than Missouri was able to and, and that's the thing like with Alabama you think about John Petty you think about Quinterly being like a you know floor general finding the open guy and you think about their three-point shooting but they're the third best defensive team yeah. in the country. According to Ken Palm,
1: it is true. Like I immediately think of of the of the offense, the high powered offense. But you're right; that's definitely something that that that's just come out of nowhere this year. They've just been elite defensively, and I don't know where that came from. But
0: they're just a they're a really well rounded team. I don't want to root for this, but I with this Missouri team, we end up rooting for this. I think a lot, and I think I wouldn't mind. Uh, the officials being a little bit quick with the whistle uh, against the defenses in this game. I can put up with an ugly game if it means that we're going to have an advantage. Yeah. So I think we got to look for Missouri to get to the free throw line a lot. Yep. I and agree. I really, I mean this has been the last you know, 10 games I think I've thought we need it to be the Pinson Tillman show. Yeah. Missouri really hasn't shot free throws as well though in the last few games i feel like as they did early on i think uh tillman is getting more attempts versus <laughs> yeah. uh penson and drew yeah. uh if if tillman had mitchell smith's free throw shooting abilities then he would truly be unstoppable oh yeah because mitchell smith uh and we got to mention him going back to the kentucky game for just a second i think he had like 12 rebounds and yeah his defense is that's why he's on the floor yeah his length and ability to alter shots and grab rebounds. He can move really, really well for like yeah. a seven-foot
1: player, basically. Yeah. Uh, also, this is <laughs> kind of random, but just made me think of it.
0: Uh, also, in the Kentucky game, what do you think about what do you think about Jimmy Dykes? Uh, you know, in previous seasons, I would have said, "Eh, I don't need him. Who needs him?" But I feel like it's been a while since he's yeah. called the Missouri game. They really had him. It was a little bit refreshing. I think I didn't. Mind, I was like, "Oh, Jimmy!" I was literally. If you'd asked me before the game, I would have said, "Does he is he even an employee of SEC Network?" Because seems we just like we got him a lot. Uh, yeah, early on early in the on. SEC. Well, I think
1: this was a ESPN game potentially. Mm, I think that, maybe that
0: makes sense. Maybe he's moved up in the world. Yeah, he's no longer uh, confined to SEC Network. Yeah. I believe some uh, people on Twitter were thinking that he
1: was seen was calling the game a little pro Kentucky. What it felt like. I don't. I'm not sure. I ever
0: really got
1: those vibes, but. I, I kind of liked it.
0: I kind of liked him. It's fine. Yeah, it'd been a while since I heard him. Um,
1: he, he brought up an interesting point that, about Tillman, which made me, which is why I thought about it. But he was talking about Tillman's like free throw motion and mm-hmm. how his left hand was almost kind of blocking his own shot as he was shooting, and yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting observation.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's always interesting to me what what uh, coaches decide to tweak with a like a player's shooting motion in college. And it seems like usually they're more willing to mess with a player's free throw, um, stroke than their three point shooting. And I think most college coaches are going to say, if the ball goes in the basket, I don't care if it's ugly. Like we don't have time to work on a a shooting motion to try to add 4% to your three point percentage. Um, we're just going to hope the ball goes in, um, and then if a player gets to the NBA, that's when they can really fine-tune their shooting motion. But it seems like it'd be worth it when you have like a post player who's getting to the foul line pretty regularly to really examine their free throw shooting and say, okay, what can we? is there anything we can do to make this a little bit better? And Tillman's not horrendous at the line. Um, he w- makes enough to in- make it where I'm okay with teams fouling him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably about a 50% shooter, which is
0: But in a, given, in a given game, I feel like, I don't know. If it's that low, then maybe it just seems not as bad in a game. If he could,
1: if he could shoot even 10% better, mm-hmm. it could. Yeah, I think it could really help us out in, in close situations.
0: I remember Jimmy Dykes uh, analyzing Jabari Brown's three-point shooting motion mm. and the, the rotation of the ball. Something specific, I remember. He just
1: really watches those shot motions. Yeah. He knows a lot about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was an upgrade over some of the SEC. Yeah, uh, and the uh, the play-by-play guy is like Carl um, Ravitch, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, I definitely like hearing him. He's usually doing ESPN baseball stuff mm-hmm. is, I think, where he's been most recently. But I think he's like one of their top guys for play-by-play. Uh, let's see here with... Alabama where are we here um Missouri gonna win this game yeah I'll say it they're gonna shoot 30 plus free throws they're gonna make a lot of them uh, I think I think we're gonna get a game from Penson and I think Missouri's gonna run with Alabama and Missouri's gonna win it 80 to 75. I like it.
1: I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that, I think the uptempo, uh, maybe not favors Missouri, but I think that they can, I think they can handle that. In fact, sometimes I think when they try to go too slowly, whenever they get slowed down by certain teams, then it can really, it can really be ugly. And, and I think w- when they get a lot of possessions in, it can really help them. Um, I think that they will continue to shoot okay from three. I think they'll shoot well enough to get the job done, and uh, they'll they'll hold Alabama under thirty five percent from three, and they'll win seventy eight to
0: seventy six. Hmm, close one. Close one. I'm excited. Day game, early game. Yeah, really, it's like eleven a.m. Yeah. Um, one more thing that I want to talk about. Obviously, we we still going to talk about Ole Miss, but it seems like Missouri has this thing where they like to get out and transition after a miss. um, But sometimes you got a player that needs to, okay. So like take Kobe Brown, for example, he had a a great play. um, uh, Maybe I can't remember which game it was now where he found Tillman early in a possession, like off of a miss. He, he brought the ball down quickly, found Tillman for a layup. And it was like one of the first points of the game for Missouri. Then I think it was against TCU Then later in the game, he gets the rebound, takes it himself like to half court is passing back to Penson and the ball just gets picked off and goes the other way for a layup. And I get the idea of just whoever gets the ball, we're pushing it. But if you don't have something, the opponent just, they know you're going to try to get it to Penson or Drew Smith. And it just seems like we've had some lazy passes that have turned into layups at the other end that are just totally avoidable. And a couple of them have been like inbounding the ball after a make where like Pinson is already running up court. He's just going to catch it in stride and take off and just p- gets picked off. And I don't know, I, if you like dribble the ball off your foot or, you know, make a bad pass and it, Tips off the guy's hand and goes out of bounds, and those kind of turnovers, those are easier for me to live with than just making a lazy pass and gets picked off, especially if it just turns into two points at the other end. Yeah, that was. I just uh, needed to get that off my that chest. That was
1: uh, among that TCU run where they felt like they were closing that game out yeah. or he threw the ball away. Um, I, I agree with those sentiments. Um, I. I, another thing I was gonna say why I think Missouri's gonna beat Alabama. Um, I I just think Missouri likes to to play the good teams. I think they show up for the games that they know really matter, and kind of like we've seen them do the opposite against bad teams. Like they I I think they need a little bit of motivation, and sometimes against TCU or Bradley or Liberty or whoever it is, they come out a little bit flat. And but when they know they got to get up for a game, Oregon, Illinois. Tennessee, um, they've really Arkansas s-
0: stepped up to the challenge like almost every single time. One thing that I thought was interesting was um, Missouri was really celebrating at the end of the TCU game because obviously overtime, big comeback. Um, they were pretty amped. At the end of the Kentucky game, there was like some high fives. I don't think I saw a single player smile. They were just like, yeah, we won. Like All business. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I was happy to see that.
1: I like to see it both. Is uh Pickett okay? He looked like he really like turned his ankle there yeah, at the end of that game. he'll be fine. He's tough. He'll be
0: fine. Yeah. He's, He's very fine. tight. Yeah. Okay, Missouri's got to play Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 9-8, 4-6 in conference, number 65 in Ken Palm, 129. Offense, 16th on defense. 13th in the SEC in offense, 6th in the sec and defense obviously they still have Devonte shuler he's been there a million years he will potentially be there another year um like if you're looking at across the sec like he's a legitimate candidate to potentially be back next year i don't think he has nba prospects
1: probably not yes. marshall henderson
0: oh yeah He's uh,
1: on their staff now. I Is believe. he really? Yeah, I think I heard. I think I saw they hired. <laughs> that him. That
0: sounds familiar now that you mention that. Oh
1: man, those are uh, the glory days.
0: Can't stand that guy. <laughs> he was just really good against Missouri. He
1: was fun to watch, though. Yeah. He was a character.
0: Uh, they are probably going to be without KJ Buffin. He's a pretty good forward for them. He only played five minutes combined in their last two games. Um, Coach Kermit Davis said he was dealing with personal problems, so. Uh, he was, like, logging 25 minutes a game for them. Um, they recently won against Tennessee, 52 to 50. Good grief. And they held Tennessee to 8 for 26 from 2. That's 31%. And uh, they didn't send him to the free throw line, and they destroyed Tennessee on the glass. They out-rebounded them by, like, 11
1: Tennessee might be the hardest team in the SEC to figure out, like what they're gonna do. Just they
0: are all over the place. So um, I was kind of looking at the box score for that game, and obviously that's where I got those stats. <laughs> um, Tennessee. Eve Ponds uh, had thirteen points. Keon Johnson had eleven. Josiah Jordan James had ten. That's where they are. That's their strength is that they have like six guys who can score double figures on any night. I know we're talking about Ole Miss, not Tennessee, but I think that they just need one of those guys to step up and just be the guy. It's almost like a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Ole Miss. um They've got this guy named Romeo White, who is like their center. He's going to be matched up against Tillman. And I think he could provide Tillman with a little bit of a struggle. Um, I don't think they will want to double-team Tillman very much. I think Alabama will try to quite a bit, but I don't. I think Ole Miss will try to avoid it and just see what they can get out of white. Um, and th- he's listed at 6'8", but he looks bigger than that when you watch him on TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think he transferred from... I'll tell you. Arizona State? That's correct. Is his name really pronounced?
0: Uh, two L's back to back. Okay.
1: I was just always thought his name was Romello or whatever, oh. but who knows? I mean, that that's, per, that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. If that's really broadcast. how you pronounce it, then props to you, man. That's, oh, thanks. That I don't took usually, some guts I don't <laughs> <laughs> to say you it like Sometimes that. you just got to pick away and you go just for gotta it. You got to go with, that's, it. That's go what with I go, it.
0: That's what I usually do. Um. Let's see here. I don't know. I I don't know as much about Ole Miss as I do Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss was supposed to be better on offense than they have been this season, but uh, they're making up for it on defense. Obviously, Tennessee can struggle, but holding them to 50 points is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State has lost to LSU, Florida, Georgia, Arkansas. They lost to Georgia twice. So they can lose to anybody. They play very slow pace um in sec play they're 13th in uh tempo do they turn people over and do they block shots <laughs> uh, let me tell you in, in the whole course of their season their defense is seventh in the country in turnover percentage so that's not good they are 65th in block percentage so they yeah so to answer your question yes they do both of those things this could be an ugly game <laughs> yeah on the road. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to need Missouri to get out and transition, push the ball, get to the rim. And yeah, just don't let Ole Miss set up into their half court defense because they'll yeah. run you off the three point line and yeah, um, clamp down at the rim.
1: Yeah. Missouri's got to figure out how to control the pace for sure. I, I definitely don't think Missouri wants to play slow.
0: No. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get out and run against Alabama and just enjoy it and Roll that right like, into hey, that the Ole Miss fun. game. Let's yeah. Do it again. Yeah,
1: I think I think Mizzou's going to go one and one in the stretch. I I don't know like if they'll be Al- if they, if they lose to Alabama, I think they'll rebound and be Ole Miss. If they beat Alabama, I feel like they're just going to be too high and lose to Ole Miss. I just I think I'm just going to go safe and just say that hedge your bets a little bit. Hedge my bet and just say they go one and one in the stretch, and I'd probably be okay with that.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, looking ahead at the schedule after these two games, they've got a decent chance of winning five games in a row. Arkansas at home, Georgia, South Carolina on the road, Ole Miss at home, Texas A&M at home. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's the best shot you're going to have in a given SEC season of a five-game winning streak. For sure. So, I don't know. It seems a, like a lot to ask that they win both of those games and then still have their sights set on a five-game winning streak because then that would turn it into a nine-game winning streak. And yeah, I don't know about that. And that seems unrealistic.
1: Well, are they going to make up the game against uh, LSU and uh, yeah. Vanderbilt? Uh,
0: yeah, the plan is still to get those in the week after the regular season before the conference tournament.
1: Did they spa- did they create kind of a buffer week of, of make-up time? Yeah, there? that was the
0: plan. Okay. Okay. Um, What's his name? The SEC commissioner was on one, was on the broadcast of the TCU game. You didn't know because you didn't have your sound turned up. I actually saw him on there, but okay. I couldn't. I couldn't listen to the interview. But he was talking about that exact thing. Gotcha. That uh, they've got that extra week in there to cool. get those games in. But he said they're not going to go ahead and schedule them because they need to see what happens the rest of the way. Because like um, Missouri Kentucky game that was pushed back a day because of covid stuff so mm-hmm. true but yeah we should still get a shot at lsu and vanderbilt you gotta think that's a guaranteed win against vanderbilt at home yeah all right well since i predicted them to go
1: one to one i guess i'll uh, and i predicted a, predicted a win against alabama i'll say missouri loses a close one on the road against Ole miss and i'll say it's 62 to f- 60
0: you're basically predicting like a repeat of the tennessee auburn week where they like win a huge game against tennessee and Mm -hmm. then turn around and lose to auburn which on paper is a more manageable opponent Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i really think the old miss game is a coin flip and missouri i don't know the the pace that alabama is going to want to play will help missouri's offense um the fact that Ole Miss is a really good defense and they want to slow it down worries me. Now, there's a chance that Alabama will just get Missouri spun up a little too fast and generate a bunch of turnovers out of it, but man, I guess I'm going to have to go for the uh, the nine-game winning streak because I think they're going to beat Ole Miss and I think it'll be something like uh, seventy. 7 to 68. Nice. Famously, I'd love to be wrong. Oh, yeah. I I love it when you're wrong. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, If Missouri is like a top four seed in the SEC tournament. And they've easily done enough to get a top four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Are they going to play in the SEC tournament? I think I've heard that some teams may opt out of their conference tournaments.
0: Okay. In fear of COVID. Yeah, I saw something about that. And then I also saw a reply to that on Twitter that was like from a legitimate uh, blue checkmark sports journalist that said most conferences have a clause in their membership agreement that says too bad you're not opting out of oh really the conference tournament
1: okay well that solves that
0: yeah so uh, i kind of dismissed that as soon as like i saw oh like teams would opt out and then kind of dismissed it as soon as i saw that rebuttal
1: yeah because i mean it makes sense if you've done enough to earn your spot and uh you don't want to travel and you're afraid of getting covet issues and then missing out on the ncaa tournament i mean that's devastating but you just gotta take the yeah. chance i think I mean, sounds like you really have to.
0: Yeah. And, and then where do you draw the line? Like, okay, you, you're Missouri. Well, let's say you go on a, um, nine game winning streak and then all you have left is Florida, LSU and Vanderbilt. And you're like, ah, oh, well, you know what? We're good. Like we'll take our protected seed in the NCAA tournament. We're going to opt out of these last four games of the season and the conference tournament. Like you'd have, if that was, that would be like suicide for your, if seat, that was being entertained, then yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe the conferences could like, maybe they should collude with the NCAA tournament selection committee and just be like, hey, come on, come out and say. if put, you Put your foot down. If you opt out, you're not being accepted. Wow. That'd be something. The so opposite
1: of putting your foot down.
0: Yeah, the NCAA tournament puts their foot down. Says, you're playing in your conference tournament Yeah. or else.
1: Yeah, put your foot down.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see.
1: And be authoritarian about it
0: oh yeah <laughs> um, that's what i like to see out of my uh sports organizations
1: yeah make the kids play
0: um I'm gonna put anyways that on shirt yeah <laughs> uh,
1: okay well that solves that uh i was a little bit afraid because i i feel like missouri has a case where it's like well you know, missouri might be one of those teams that it makes sense for them to opt out of a conference tournament if they've done enough
0: but i don't want them to wouldn't like all the top teams of every conference feel that way though now like the conferences that I mean what would stop sure. all the bracketology looking at bracketology and being like okay on all the brackets we're a guaranteed at large a bit so sure you'd have like you know 50 teams potentially I mean how many bubble true bubble teams are there each year that really need the conference tournament to-
1: I would say like probably 15 20
0: yeah so that'd be interesting to see what would happen if that came to pass I might have to do a little bit more research into that what if then teams are winning the conference tournament get the automatic bid, but they didn't have to play some of these better teams? Okay, yeah, now there, there's a scenario for you. I'm going to take it one step further. Okay. Teams opt out, and then enough upsets happen, and they just, like, gobble up all these automatic bids. <laughs> and then they're like, and then, Yeah, then they're like, okay, there's no at-large bids left. <laughs> so, like, a bunch of these teams aren't in the tournament now. Like a 20-win Missouri team's like, nope, you didn't get a bid. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you, uh, you like, six teams in the sec thought you they were good so they didn't play in the conference tournament and georgia won it and now they get to go yeah so one of you's out yeah i'm not sure how
1: much steam there actually was in that happening but i think i just had seen it mentioned and it would probably really only apply to like the top of the top teams that really felt like they were secure but even those teams you're fighting for one and two seed like why give up the opportunity to do that when you've played all season long for that opportunity
0: coach k would probably like the idea though (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Lock up a spot in the NCAA tournament. Fewer games, the better.
1: Yeah, no, we don't want those COVID concerns.
0: Yeah. Um. I feel like okay. What what seed is as of right now before these games? What seed is the Missouri are the Missouri Tigers going to be in the NCAA tournament?
1: Like not like not the season ended today, but my guess as to what it will be. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, I'll say four. Wow. I'm going to take the opposite end of the spectrum, and I got them as a six seed.
1: I thought you were about to say Five.
0: two. Five. Oh. No, no, no. You said you're going to go the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm saying worst case scenario. Okay. That's how my mind works with the Missouri Tigers of any sport.
1: Really? Yeah. I thought we were sunshine pumpers. Well,
0: <laughs> well <laughs> if I'm being asked to actually pick, though. Okay.
1: So, okay. I think right now, if the season ends today, they're probably, what, like a 3C? Mm. Four? Three or four. Five. five. Four or five
0: if they're 18. If you ask Bart Torvik, they're like a two. <laughs> yeah, Bart Torvik <laughs> likes Missouri more than Kim Palm. Yeah. More than uh, – who's the ESPN guy that does it? Joe Lenardi. Jerry Palm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, analytics don't like Missouri that much, but
1: it when you have humans – who are the ones that are making the bracket and they're the ones looking at tournament resumes and Missouri's got as good of a resume as anybody. Yep. They've got five quad one wins. Going to be a sixth after Alabama. Going to be a sixth against Alabama.
0: Well, where's Miss Ole Miss going to fall? That's a- and
1: They're going to lose like a quadrant three game to Ole Miss. No. No, because it's on the road. The road so. yeah. yeah. It'll be a two. Yeah.
0: At least. At least. I'm trying to find a road game that's comparable here.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, –
0: yeah uh wichita state yeah, wichita uh, state i
1: remember hearing that that was like right on the line for quad one like we really need to root for wichita state because that could very easily yeah slip down to and i quad think they've two.
0: struggled enough that that's it's like almost out of the question at this point but Ole miss absolutely is going to be on that line mm-hmm. by the end of the season i think
1: just win them all that's one leave way to no doubt it.
0: that's one way to do it nine game winning streak if missouri, right if missouri wins out are they uh one seed Fingered uh out. And wins the conference tournament? Yes. Yes. Ooh. I don't know. There's some really good teams out there. I mean, you're fighting. Any teams not named Gonzaga and Baylor are fighting for two number one seeds. Mm-hmm. So maybe Missouri's a two seed. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's enough bracketology for uh, today. That's all I got for the folks. All right. Take it away. All right.
1: Uh, okay, you can find this uh, podcast on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports
0: cartel.com Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, YouTube commenters, would you rather be burned or run over? <laughs> Are you more excited about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl or? Getting EA Sports College Football video game back? Answer in the comments. I know what my answer is. Easy. It's in the game. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.